Welcome to Ministry by Mail, a weekly sermon publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confession. Our sermon for Good Shepherd Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Easter, is by Pastor Luke Bernthal of St. Stephen Lutheran Church, serving Mountain View in Hayward, California. Our theme is, How Good is Our Good Shepherd? Based on the text of John, chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Grace to you in peace in the name of our Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, dear fellow sheep of that Good Shepherd. Amen. The text for our meditation and application to our daily walk of faith is taken from John chapter 10. Uh, we'll read this time verses 11 through 18. Again, Jesus' words here, and he says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. These are the words of our Lord. Let us pray. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. In the study of languages, it doesn't take you very long to realize that words in other languages have different flavors or shades of meanings than the words that we use in English to try and define or describe them. And the same would be said of the, of the other direction. When you try and take English words, especially if you're using maybe slang terms or more colloquial terms, and try to translate them into a different language, it's often hard to get the subtleties and nuances of particular words. It would be hard, for example, Uh, to explain in a different language just exactly what the word cool means and all of its English contexts and uses. You probably have to use a number of different words or phrases to define exactly what that word cool means in English. And even then, you probably wouldn't be able to get all of the subtle nuances uh, to that word. The true flavor of that word would probably get lost in translation, as the saying goes. And yet those of us who speak English, especially if we speak it as our native language, we probably instantly get the sense of what someone means when they see a fancy car driving by and say, that car is cool. Well, we have a similar example of this phenomenon in our text for today when we hear Jesus say, very simply, I am the good shepherd. Now that expression means a lot to those of us who are his sheep. It's an expression that is very near and dear to the hearts of countless Christians throughout the centuries. Even though the English word good 
that is used here, that's a translation of a Greek word, doesn't do the word much justice. Falls very short in getting the sense and the flavor of what the original word used there actually means. Think about that phrase just from an English standpoint. Jesus is the good shepherd. That's it? He's just good? Doesn't that sound like the world's most massive understatement? Well, the word that's used there in the original Greek is the word kolos. And that word is very full. has a very deep meaning. And I would say Jesus probably couldn't have used, in fact, he did, he used this word for a reason. He couldn't have used a better word to describe himself. Kolos, that word in Greek, is defined by one particular Greek dictionary as meaning good, beautiful, lovely. A word that we would probably define as excellent, a, as a quality of freedom from any defects, or of a sound moral disposition, good, noble, praiseworthy. That's a sense of what that word kolos means in the Greek. So with all that depth of meaning in Jesus' expression, I am the good shepherd, it's fascinating that even though we may have never heard that definition in Greek or get a sense from our own native tongue what that word actually meant originally, we still do get a sense of just the power and the depth behind Jesus' words when he says, I am the good shepherd. But it doesn't make you wonder how we've gained for ourselves some depth of meaning in that phrase, I am the good shepherd. I'm sure many of you do not know much Greek, if any at all. Maybe some of you have never heard uh, the Greek word that's used there. How do we get the sense of what that phrase actually means? Well, even though some of the nuances uh, may have been lost in translation from Greek to English, God has not allowed us to misunderstand or miss out on all that Jesus says when he says to us, I am the good shepherd. He's given us probably the greatest description and definition of what that means by giving us words like Psalm 23 that we read today. When we take this beautiful description and then combine it with the words that Jesus speaks to us in John chapter 10, both from our gospel reading this morning and from our sermon text for today, we won't be left wondering just how good is our good shepherd. We'll actually end up exclaiming, how good is our good shepherd. Jesus says in verse 14 of our text, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Again, the Greek word there for know has a very full and rich meaning. It means to know personally, to understand. It's even used as an expression to know intimately. It's a word that expresses a knowledge of experience, not simply a knowledge of mere acquaintance or recognition. We don't have the subtleties in our words for no in English. We have to use phrases usually. But we, we get the sense of this when we use an expression such as this. If I say, I know who Steph Curry is, or some other famous person, I would say, I know, he, I know who he is, but I don't know him personally. The expression that Jesus uses here, however, when he says he knows his sheep, indicates he knows us personally, 
and understands us perfectly. He knows us better than we know ourselves. That really is an incredible thought when you think about it. That's what makes Jesus not just a good shepherd, but it's what makes him the good shepherd. He's got a lot of sheep. He has millions. In fact, billions of sheep in his sheepfold. And yet just a few verses earlier, we read that he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, in some ways, that just makes sense, right? Jesus is the all-knowing God. Of course he knows his sheep. He's the one who created them and redeemed them. Of course he knows who his sheep are and can call them by name. But at the same time, isn't that mind-blowing? That the almighty God of the universe knows us? Knows us intimately, knows us better than we know ourselves, knows us by name, calls us out. He knows and takes a personal interest in me and in you. And he wants nothing more than to have a close personal relationship with you and with me. It's obvious then that this knowledge that Jesus, our good shepherd, has of us, his sheep, is a loving and caring knowledge. Much like the knowledge a good shepherd has for his sheep. You can see, if you know something about sheep and shepherds, why Jesus uses this picture. Because sheep are, in fact, very difficult animals to love. They are, for the most part, helpless and very weak. They can be remarkably stupid. They are notoriously self-destructive. They are animals who tend to follow what the rest of the crowd of sheep are doing, even if it means their death or their destruction or harm or sickness. And yet a good shepherd loves his sheep, calls them by name, cares for them, not because they're so likable by nature, but because of who he is. And because they are helpless, he knows they depend on him for help, and his heart goes out to his sheep. In the same way, Jesus, our good shepherd, does not love us or care about us or care for us because of the remarkably good qualities in each one of us. No, unfortunately, we are compared to sheep in Scripture because we mimic sheep all too often. We, too, can be remarkably stupid and self-destructive. We are, by nature, spiritually helpless. On our own, we are more than just weak. We often will follow the crowd, even if it means our destruction, our spiritual harm, or even death. And yet Jesus loves and cares for us, not because of our remarkable qualities, but despite our unremarkable qualities, our unlovable qualities, and our helplessness. He knows we need him. He knows we need his help and his goodness and his kindness and love. He cares for us. In turn, then, Jesus says in our text that not only does he know his sheep, he says, I am known by my own. Now it does make sense that Jesus knows us personally. After all, he made us. He paid a high price for us by dying on the cross. But how in the world is the same Greek word used for know used of our personal relationship that we know in a relational way 
in a way that is deep and knowledgeable, how in the world can that same word be used to describe our knowledge of Jesus? How can we know personally the God of this universe? Well, Jesus made it very clear just a few verses after our sermon text when he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We get to know Jesus personally and closely by hearing his voice. That is, by reading and studying his word. In the Bible, Jesus has revealed himself very clearly to us as our good shepherd, as our friend, our provider, our savior. Jesus even predicted in our text that we specifically would come to faith in him. We read again in verse 16 of our text, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Did you know he is referring to you and me when he said those words? He was referring not to his own people, the Jewish people. He was referring to Gentiles, non-Jews, people in the future who would come to faith in him. That would include you and me. So we are now included in that group who know him and follow him. And so our knowledge of Jesus is also a loving knowledge, much like sheep have for their shepherd. As the Bible says, we love him because he first loved us. Jesus reminds us in our text today why it is especially that we truly love him and why he truly is our good shepherd. Jesus says in the first verse of our text, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. There is no greater love than that. A love that is so selfless and so self-sacrificing that he would rather give up his own life to save his sheep. Jesus even said that was the greatest love there is. He says, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. That is the ultimate display and example of how we know for sure our good shepherd loves us. He gave up his life for us. Did you count how many times he predicts that he would do that for us in these short few, a few verses here? In these verses, he predicts four times, I will give up my life for the sheep. Not only that, he makes it very clear that his sacrifice would be a willing one. A choice that he made on his own that was in accordance with his father's will. Not something that was forced upon him by anyone or anything. He says, no one takes it, that is my life, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. This command I have received from my father. Jesus contrasts that self-sacrificing love with that of a hireling, someone who would be a, a hired hand to watch over the sheep. And he says, the hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one, who's, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. So in contrast to the good shepherd, we might call the hirelings that Jesus describes here as bad shepherds. Who are these bad shepherds that Jesus is speaking of? 
Well, do you know what the word pastor means? Pastor means shepherd. And pastors are supposed to be the under-shepherds of Christ, who is the good shepherd. And sometimes these under-shepherds of Christ are not good. They do not always care about their sheep like they should. They do not treat them as their own, even though they are the sheep that the good shepherd has called them to be responsible for. Sometimes these hirelings are only in it for their paycheck, only in it for their own convenience, only there to make a name for themselves or to make a comfortable living. When danger comes or trouble comes, the hireling, the bad shepherd, flees from the sheep, and the sheep are scattered and destroyed. The scary thing for sheep, God's people, is the fact that there is a little, and sometimes even more than just a little, hireling in each one of his under-shepherds. Even in under-shepherds who are pretty good, or really good. Each one of Jesus' shepherds, under-shepherds, his hirelings, do have that sinful human flesh. Yes, even pastors do. That's why, above all, none of us should ever put their full and complete trust in their in the under-shepherds of Christ, even if they are a good one, but always put their full trust and complete confidence in the good shepherd, the shepherd and overseer of your souls, Jesus Christ himself, as Peter tells us. If the hireling that Jesus the good shepherd places over you isn't speaking the voice of the good shepherd, of his good shepherd, that is, the word of God itself, no matter who he is, don't listen to that voice. Don't follow it. Listen and follow, first and foremost, to your good shepherd, your savior. If you look at it this way, maybe use a picture uh, from everyday life. Who would you trust more to protect your life uh, even, um, or even sacrifice himself for you in the face of danger? Would you rather uh, put your life and your trust fully in a mall security guard or in a Marine? Someone who has sworn and has dedicated his life to protect you and his country. Now that security guard might be a very nice man, might even be very good at his job, but I'm not going to put my confidence, my full confidence in some hireling, a security guard, as opposed to a man who has dedicated his life and sworn to protect me and my country. Christ not only solemnly promised to lay down his life for the sheep, he delivered on that promise. He did so on that cross on Golgotha on Good Friday. However, a dead shepherd is really no good to the sheep at all. So he gave up his life for the sheep, but if he's dead, the wolf can just come in and steal and kill. Yeah, that's a very valiant gesture on the part of that good shepherd, but if he's dead, what good does that do for the sheep. That's why Jesus does not refer to himself as the dead shepherd. He didn't stay there. He says in our text, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Jesus' resurrection on the third day guarantees us our own resurrection from the grave. 
it proves and guarantees to us that not only is he the good shepherd, he is the victorious shepherd, our all-powerful shepherd. It assures us that we will, in the end, go exactly where David says we will go in the psalm. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, our good shepherd, loves us and knows us despite our unlovable characteristics, our helplessness, our weakness, and even our disobedience. On the other hand, we love and know him because of his great love for us, his great characteristics, who he is, and the great blessings he has given to us. He calls us, each one of us, his sheep by our own name. He leads us out. He goes before us. He provides us with the green pastures and still waters, his word and his sacraments. He defends us against all our enemies and has defeated all of them, sin, death, hell itself. And above all, he has laid down his life for us, his sheep, and powerfully took it back again in victory. Sheep that understand all that their good shepherd has done for them cannot help but love and know this good shepherd. That love and that knowledge of this good shepherd is gained by hearing his voice. Hear his voice. Listen to his word. Listen to him and thank him. Thank him for being our beautiful, excellent, noble, praiseworthy, good shepherd. Amen. And that peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This has been a publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confessions Ministry by Mail. Visit clclutheran.org for more information. For print copies of this or other sermons, please visit lutheransermons.org. Music